And I want to talk to you just a few minutes tonight, and I mean that. I'll be as, I'll be as quick as, as the Lord will let me be. But we need to know some things tonight, and I, and, 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 and I, I mean this. Uh, I, I really had in my mind that this would be just a, just a specific message for just maybe just a handful of people, maybe even down to just one even or, 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 or two. And, and I have no idea what God's going to do with this tonight. But I want to talk to you a little bit tonight on the sanctity of marriage. And I kind of I kind of got on this this morning at, at, during my message up at Big Ridge. But we need to know this and we need to know some things about, about what Satan's up to, why he's up to these things and how he goes about it. And we need to know how to stay strong as a, as a, as a married couple. And there are some things that this Bible will teach you about keeping your marriage strong and keeping it healthy. And you say, well, boy, you must be the absolute authority on marriage. No, 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 no. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think that. I, I stand here before you, a, 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 a blunder as a husband and a blunder as a father. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to blunder on into heaven one day and my blundering days will be over. Amen? But while I'm here, I just got to do the best I can. I make mistakes. And I'm sure y'all have made mistakes. And uh, it's important to know that the mistakes you made, uh, boy, if, if, if God could forgive you for all the mistakes and all the sins you directly committed against His holiness... Shouldn't we be able to forgive our spouse over a few things and be able to forgive them? And, and, and I, I'm going to tell you this, uh, and we'll get into this. The, the, the thing about forgiveness that I've learned, and, and my wife can tell you this. I, I, try this I, I try to live this. I don't just say this to you. I, I try to live this. I try to let what happened yesterday be yesterday, Brother West, of this whole new day. And, 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 and what we did yesterday... It'll affect today. Don't ever think it won't. But but we've got to go on, and we've got to do the best we can. And this is just this is just something that I help you today. And I, I really hope, like I said, you pray for me, cause cause Satan's been a battling this thing since since the get go. And uh, I've I've been as nervous as I've ever been in my life to try to stand and preach this, because I know I know how uh, unworthy I am to say these words. I, I, and I know that. So y'all pray for me tonight. In the second chapter of the book of Genesis, we're going to start in about the 20th verse. Second chapter of the book of Genesis, verse number 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they both were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's go. Uh, you'll know that, that, that God 
formed man and then he, he, he later he took, a, he took a, a rib out of the man and he, and he made a woman. And that, that tells you that, that a man was formed from the, from the dust of the earth. And that means that to me that he'd be grounded, amen. He'd be settled and he'd be, he'd be a, 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 a source to go to, amen, if, if in an unstableness. And, and, and the woman, she was, she was made from the flesh of the man. She was not formed out of the, out of the dust of the earth. She was, she was made from flesh. She was the first fleshly creature that, that, that was a human form that, that God made. And, and, and they was in a perfect place. Amen. This Garden of Eden was, was lavish. I, I, I picture it to be something like where they show the hillsides of Hawaii or some of those tropical islands or those great places. And it was, it was, a, it was a, 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 a fine place to be. And they had, they had one of the greatest places to live that any man could ever want. And I want you to know that that God knew Adam's heart and God knew what lay ahead in Adam's future. And God formed this woman to be exactly that that Adam needed. Do you understand that? The perfect maid, amen, for this man was this woman, Eve. And I want you to know that without a shadow of a doubt, they were were not perfect people because obviously they sinned, but they were very close and they lived in a perfect place. And I don't think any man... Uh, Could you argue with me that anybody uh, could have been a whole lot smarter than Adam? I mean, God paraded these uh, beasts in front of him, and, and he saw in his insight, he saw the lion, and he said, this is the king of the jungle. And he, and he named it a lion, and then he saw the lioness, and he named it uh, her the lioness, and he named the elephants, and, he, and uh, what, 17,000, I believe some odd uh, air-breathing creatures that walk this planet today. Now, Adam was a very smart man. And what I want you to know to start with before we get into anything, that you can have the perfect place, the perfect spouse, and both of you be highly educated, and Satan can still get you. Amen. You listen to me. You can have you can have the highest house on the hill. We uh, when I go up there on the mountain some Sunday mornings, we pass by those those big mansions that's built out over the over the hillside there, so they can overlook uh, uh, the, the 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 valley below. And I I can't help but believe, folks, that's so they can feel exalted above those uh, that live in the live in the lowland. I, I believe that. Now that may not be uh, uh, true, but I believe that they've they've got theirself at a point of uh, exaltation, and they want to go up there and they want to feel good about what they got, but I'm telling you, Satan can walk right in there in amongst all that exaltation and rip you apart if you're not careful. I want to tell you some things tonight, folks. First thing I want to tell you is don't ever think things are too good for him to launch an assault. Boy, I tell you, sometimes uh, in, my, in my life, and my wife can attest to this, uh, we go a long time, Brother Wesley, sometimes. And, and, and like I said, I'm not bragging because, boy, when it rains, it pours, amen. But we'll go several weeks or sometimes several months and even, even have been the space of years, amen, without having any conflict much one with another. You say, I don't believe that. I say it's absolutely true, Brother Wesley. I, we, I, and the reason why that it's like that is because I truly believe that she is the mate that God intended for me to have. And, and I believe that she uh, uh, understands that I am the mate that God intended her to have. Now sometimes, folks, even in, even in our uh, 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 knowing that, that we are created uh, creatures for each other, you know, we can still get sideways, amen. But see, the problem is that when you really love somebody, I'm talking about when you really care, when you really have a feel for what's going on inside them, amen, what we've learned is 
when to be quiet and when to speak. Amen. Amen. Now that's not, listen, fellas, listen to me, fellas, that's not just for your wife. Amen. That's not just for your wife to know when to hush and let you be the almighty ruler of everything. Amen. I stand here today to tell you this. My wife sometimes have had better ideas than I've had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got to know when to listen, Brother Wesley. But the most of all, the most important thing I've learned is when to hush. Because, boy, when your mouth flaps in anger, you'll say something you'll pay for for the rest of your life. Yes, sir, buddy. You'll say things you paid for for the rest of your life. So when things are going good, sometimes we, we neglect to give God praise. Is that not the truth? Yeah, boy, when things are going good and we're, we're just hitting the high spots and we're kicking our heels, that's when I usually do the least amount of praying that I've ever done in my life. Yeah, glory to God. Listen to me now tonight, church. Hey, when you're in the, when you're in the doghouse with somebody, you're in the doghouse with God and you, you know that you've got, you've got sin between you and God and, and, and it seems like that sin will snowball and it'll cause a, a ripple effect in your, in your job and it'll cause a ripple effect in your family and it'll cause a ripple effect with your children. When you know all that's going on and you're in the doghouse, why well, sure you'll pray. Right, yeah. Why don't we pray more when things are going good? Yes, sir. So I want to tell you, don't ever think things are going too good for God to, for, 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 for Satan to attack. Job 1 and 6 said, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. So don't sit here tonight and think just because you come to Flint Hill Baptist Church tonight on Sunday night, Satan can't get you. He went right before the throne of God with the sons of God. He has no such prejudice, folks, as to say they are too holy for me. You listen to me. If that was the case, we would not have the end times battles that we have. He in his mind thinks that he can overthrow God. What makes us think as God's youngins that he will not try to overthrow us? We live sometimes such a sheltered life. We live like we're, we're immune to the, to, to the wrath and we're immune to the, to the onslaughts of Satan. There's nobody immune. No matter how perfect your life looks to the outside world and no matter how perfect it may very well be, well, Satan can come and get you when life's at its best. When things are... Good, we, we most of the time we neglect to give God the praise. Psalms 92 and 1 said, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Boy, I tell you, if we'd just only take the, take the, 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 the warnings and, and heed the advice that this book gives us on, on what to do when things are good. How many times, when do you give the most of the testimonies that you give? Now listen, and I'm I'm being honest with you. The most of the time when you give your testimony, it's when you are absolutely beat down beyond uh, 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 going and and you're a spiritual wreck, you're an emotional wreck, you're a physical wreck, and God out of glory says, that old boy needs a touch. And God will touch you and allow you to give your testimony. But it's usually always when we're just completely beat down and God gives us something to make us uh, uh, laid and Praise Him. Glory to God. How about praising Him when everything is good? When everything is good. I'll tell you, we got a, we got a lot of work to do, I believe. A lot of work to do. Well, I want you to know this. Not only are things never too good for Him to attack, they're never too bad. He's relentless. 
He is relentless in that that he does. And I'll tell you this, I, I've been through this here about the last two or three months of my life. Glory to God, but that's why I didn't want to preach this message tonight. Because Satan knows, glory to God, that here you stand trying to tell somebody how to help themselves when you don't know how to get help yourself sometimes. Amen? Amen. Listen to me. Listen to me. I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you the honest truth from my heart tonight. Boy, I take Job, them boys come to him and he said, your livestock's gone, your sheep, your oxen, your asses, your camels. Then they, just a few minutes later, one comes and said, your children's all dead. My goodness, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? How many times have you ever said, what else can happen? <laughs> yeah, what else can happen? Well, it didn't take but just a few minutes. Satan went back and said, boy, that boy's a little tougher than I thought he was. Let me have his body now. God said, go ahead, just don't kill him. Got boils. I don't know if any of y'all's ever had a boil or not, but man, them things is sore. I had one on my arm one time when I was a young man. It liked to kill me. I surely don't want one now. But he had them things all over his body. Boy, now I'm talking about a man that had just lost everything he had. I'm talking about a man his children had just been put in the ground. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I don't care what Satan oppressed you with yesterday. Don't you dare assume that it's over with and that he's happy with the position that you are in. He will not be happy until you are crushed and laying on your face, flat out prone in a pile of ashes. And you know what, Wesley? Even then he ain't happy. Even then he ain't happy. You know what he did? He said, I got one more. Boy, and this is where this thing gets to. What was, what was Satan's ace in the hole to play back on Job? Took his livestock, took his children, took his livelihood and that that he cared most about in this world because Job been over offering sacrifices for them old crazy youngins he had. And last but not least, here comes Job's wife. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not just saying this from the perspective of a man. This works from the perspective of a woman also. The last thing anybody ever needs is for their helpmeet that they stood and joined together before God in holy matrimony and they give a promise before God they're going to stay there for better, for worse, for sickness and health, uh, for richer, for poor, till death that they part. They don't need that person coming and trying to put fuel on a fire that's already burning. That's not too popular, but that's the truth. See, that was part of Job, amen. You know why it hurts so bad when your wife or your husband says something and hurts you? Because that's hurting yourself. That's a part of you. And you, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of, uh, of times when, when you've mouthed up and didn't say anything. And you're holding on to these things and you're, you're keeping them inside of you. But I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to just let them go because if they're in there, they'll eventually come out. They'll eventually come out in a moment of anger. Boy, you'll get, you'll get all wound up and something will happen before you know all them things that you had bottled up inside of you will start spilling out of your mouth. They'll start coming right out of your heart, right up your throat and out of your mouth, and they'll go right into the ears of somebody that you wouldn't ever want to hurt. You wouldn't ever want to hurt them like we do. We don't want to hurt our spouses like we do. I, with all my heart, I don't want to hurt my wife like I do. You know what I've learned lately? Brother Wesley, I didn't know what hurt was along till, till here just recently. Yeah. Hey, listen to me. I've lived a sheltered life, Lynn Hill Baptist Church. Yes, sir, buddy. I've lived a very sheltered life. 
I lived a life of sin and decrepit, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being sheltered. Man, I'm going to tell you, that I never had to I never had to do anything much, Brother Jesse. It was always done for me. That's what my mom and daddy, they, they always took care of that. I've never been, I've never been in a position, Miss Nita, to have to bow back and be in the second place. I've always been in first place, even still yet today. When I go into my father's house and my mother's house, I am in first place there. There is no one above me at that house, and I'm going to tell you something. They've instilled that in me, and I didn't know here just till recently, Brother Wesley, sometimes it's all right to play second fiddle. We don't leave, folks. We're supposed to leave and cleave. I never left. I never left, amen. I left physically, but emotionally I never left. I never left. And I'll tell you what, folks. I know we mean well by the way we treat our children, but we need to teach them some things. We need to teach them about respect. First off, respect of their self, because I believe if they'll respect their self, they will respect others. I believe that with all my heart and soul. Job said, what else can help happen? Then come his old wife. Well, things get so bad sometimes. Satan never told you this. Just, just quit. Just quit. Now, those words come out of the mouth of Job's wife, but they're straight out of the pit of hell. They were straight right out of the pit of hell. Quit. Give up. Now, I'm talking about a woman that had been beside Job, Brother Wesley, as he worked and as he toiled the land. I'm talking about a woman that was in there and gave birth to those children while Job stood there with her. I'm talking about people that had shared things down through the years and been right there, one with another, hand in hand, walking through life. And now, all of a sudden, when the man is beat down and he's, he's as low as he's ever been, instead of picking him up and saying, Honey, it'll be all right, she says, Why don't you cuss God and die? Well, folks, don't tell me it won't get worse. Don't ever think, don't ever think Satan's satisfied with who you are. He is not. He wants you rumbling, rolling, pillaging in your mind, trying to figure out things. He don't want you to be settled on anything. And and that's what he'll have if you let him. They're never too good or they're never too bad. Matthew 11 and 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. You see, Job probably was looking for his wife. I'm going to tell you this story if that's all right with you. Job was, Brother Wesley, Job was probably looking for his wife to come out there and coochie-coo him and cuddle him up a little bit. His wife had other things on her mind. Her wife probably looked at all that that had happened to Job and said that she just deserves. Amen. Amen. We'll judge people like that. We'll say, well, they got what they deserved. Amen. Didn't nobody deserve that. My Lord, that's a tragedy. They didn't nobody deserve that. But, but, but what happened was Job was, was, was there and he was wanting some affection and he saw his wife come and he thought, well, this is going to be it. It's finally over. Didn't get no better. It got worse. I'm going to tell you this story. There was a time in my life, Brother Wesley, when I thought it couldn't get any worse. Since since I've been married to my wife, and I love her, but there was a time when I thought it couldn't get any worse. 
And I'll tell you, there wasn't no comfort to be had for my children. There wasn't no comfort to be had for my spouse. There wasn't no comfort to be had for my mom and dad. There wasn't no comfort to be had from anybody on this planet that I knew. And when it finally got down, Miss Sissy, till I figured out that if I was going to get any comfort, that if I was going to get any love, that if anybody really cared about me at that moment right there in that space of time, it was my Savior. So what I did, Wesley, is I shut the world out. Hallelujah to God. And I went in there in a bedroom and I got down on my knees and I said God I'm giving you this and you do with it as you want but whatever happens I'm still going to love you you know what I got I got some help hallelujah to God I got some help boy God said don't worry about it son while you're in here sleeping I'm going to be in here working glory to God I got up in the morning brother Wesley and everything wasn't wasn't hunky dory but it was better And it got back to hunky-dory real quick. Amen. Amen. We need to understand, folks. I want you to know this. There's time when your spouse cannot comfort you. You understand that? That's why Jesus is so special. That's why he's he's the tender Savior of this world. As much, Brother Wesley, I'm, I'm 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 a babbling fool sometimes when it comes to trying to help my wife. I am. You know what I always ask? This is my question. You men know what I'm talking about. What do you want me to do? You laughing, brother. You know what I'm talking about. See, women don't want to tell you what what they want you to do. They want you to know what they want you to do. Now, that's the truth, folks. And and, and I'll be honest with you, but sometimes, Brother Sammy, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. And you know what will happen? I'll get mad about it. Yes, sir, folks. Why do we let such petty things? Uh-huh. Back, I'm going to tell you right now. And I, I, and I believe this. My wife's sitting there. She may, she may get you outside and say, I don't know what he's talking about. Let me tell you how this thing really works. <laughs> I believe. I believe my wife truly loves me. But I believe she said things in anger. That's, that, that, that's hurt me. And Brother Jay, sure as I'm standing here, I love her. But I've said things in anger that's hurt her feelings. And out of ignorance, brother, out of ignorance, not knowing what to do, I've did things out of stupidity and hurt her. And I'll stand before you today, men, and I'll tell you this. Not only have I done them out of ignorance and out of stupidity, I've done some on purpose. I've done some on purpose. Why do we do that? Ladies, don't stand here and think you're immune to this. I know without a shadow of a doubt you've done things on purpose. It's bad enough when we do them on accident. But we'll purposely take and try to try to sever a tie that God put together one day. We'll try to sever that thing. I, I don't know why we do that. Honestly, ma'am, I, I don't know why sometimes that we do that. Do we, do we not need anybody? Do we not care? It's never too good for Satan to attack it's never too bad for him to attack. I'm going to tell you why he attacks. If you go back over in your creation, you'll know that in verse number... Well, let me tell you five things. That lady was made especially for him. He knew everything that was going on in that garden. He knew what was good and acceptable. He knew not to eat of that tree of knowledge. He knew that. God had already told him that. And I'll tell you what, Satan knew without a shadow of a doubt that Adam would not eat that fruit. He wouldn't eat it. 
It was not a temptation to him. I said this this morning, and I still mean it tonight. It ain't changed, amen. I've not been delivered, Brother Mark. Have you not got some things in your, in your pouch that you just ain't going to give up? Have you not got some things in your little pouch that you just ain't willing to give in to? I'm going to tell you something. Satan does not tempt me with alcohol anymore because I've been delivered from it. He does not tempt me with drugs and, and, and the lifestyle that I used to have because I've been delivered from it. But there is some things, brother, let me tell you this, that it is a struggle for me to overcome when they are dangled out there in front of me. Why is that? That's the nature of a man. That's sin. That's what that is. That's your flesh rebelling against that that God has put inside of you. So what you need to know is this. He knew what was acceptable. He knew what was unacceptable. He knew God made and gave that woman to him. You understand that? Brother Mark, I don't know if how you believe this or not, but I believe, as sure as I'm standing here, I believe that, that, that God created you and he put you over here on this side and he went over here and he made Miss Tammy. And he sent you separate ways and he, he worked and he, from, 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 from the throne outside of this universe, he worked and he, he put people in place and took people away and all of a sudden, there you were. Two people destined from the start to be together. Isn't that amazing how God does that? Well, I'm going to tell you what Satan can do with that. As sure, as sure as Satan knew Adam wouldn't eat that fruit, he knew Eve would. He knew Eve would. And I want to tell you tonight, folks, don't you let something that God has blessed you with separate you from the love of God. Hey, hey I'm going to say that again. Now, I'm going to tell you, we ain't going to shout the roof off tonight, but I'm going to tell you this. God specifically made this woman, handpicked her, made her, formed her in a fashion that would, I believe she was very pleasing to the eye of Adam. I believe she was very pleasant to the eye. I believe she had a fluent speech. I believe she, she spoke words that was easy on Adam's ears, amen. I believe that this woman was exactly what Adam would have, would have made if Adam could have made this woman himself. Because God loved him. He wanted him to have just exactly what the rest of those, what the rest of those creatures had. He wanted to have a mate. But you get into this thing, and you'll find out that sometimes our spouse will separate us from the love of God. Yeah. Sometimes our children will separate us from the love of God. Our parents, our job, our home. God bless you with a home. It, ladies, God bless you with a home and a good, and a good Christian man. It ain't going to hurt that thing to sit a little bit dirty on Sunday so you can come to God's house. Don't let that that God's blessed you with separate you from him. Boy, God blessed Adam with this woman. And, this, and, and, and in the love that Adam had for this woman, he let that separate him from the love of God. And folks, I'll tell you what. We're in the same boat in the day and time we live in. God blesses us with a family. God will bless us with the children. God gives you a boat. I don't care what it is, a motorcycle, a car, a camper. You want to get separated from God? I'll tell you what, I, I got a camper. My wife and I, we camp some. Sunday morning, we pull out and we go to church. Yes, sir. 
I told her, hey, when that thing starts separating me from the, from the house of God, I'll separate myself from it. I, I don't know how y'all have learned your lessons. I learned that lesson the hard way. Amen. I, letting right there, Brother Wesley, come to me in a very hard lesson that I learned, don't separate yourself from the house of God for any reason. But you know what I believe we let separate us the most? God blesses us with something. and we, well, That's our number one thing that we'll let separate us from the house of God. Something we ought to be in here on our face thanking God and praising Him that we have. And that's our health. <laughs> if God blessed you with health enough, I believe you ought to let tweets you go on Sunday and come on to the house of God. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in a man taking a vacation. Now, don't you get me wrong. I believe that a family as a unit needs to go to the same place. They need to take every young and they got. Don't leave that old, uh, uh, little old Billy Bob behind because he can't keep up with him. Glory to God, he's your young and you're going to have to learn to keep up with him. But you take everybody, every piece of your family that makes up the nucleus of what you are and you take them somewhere on a vacation. I believe in that. But I don't believe never on Sunday. Running up to the lake and going bass fishing. If we didn't have our health, we wouldn't be able to do that. I don't blame it on the boat, folks. There's a lot of people got boats. And they're laying flat on their back over here in the hospital. Well, God, God's blessed you with your health. You better use it to serve Him. Don't let it separate you from the love of God. I'll give you just a few more things and I'm going to go on to the house. God made the nucleus of a family and He ordained that in the Garden of Eden. He said, I'm going to put a man with a woman. I'm going to let them. And he said, he said, what I want you to do is I want you to go out and replenish the earth. He ordained some things, brother. You want to have a good relationship with your wife? Wives, you want to have a good relationship with your husbands? I think it starts with an emotional relationship. I think that a woman is an emotional creature. I, I, women, I beg your pardon, but I think that most women are an emotional time bomb just waiting to blow up somewhere. I'll I, I be, I be honest with you, and I, I, I don't mean that. I, I have walked in. My wife teaches up there at Gordon, and I have walked in up there, and I have saw some of them women just over there crying. That just, and you say, what's wrong with them? I don't know. They're just crying. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, you ain't never walked in that block plant over there and seen some of us over there going, whoa, whoa. We're geared different, folks. We're geared different. A man, thank God, is geared different than a woman. And a woman, thank God, is geared different than a man. But a woman, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, fellas, if, if your woman ain't had an emotional train wreck on you yet, she's going to. She's going to. She's going to come not just halfway off the track, completely off the track. And when it happens, don't get mad at her. Don't get mad at her. That's the way God made her. God made you to be stability for that woman when that happens. God joins you together so that when she did run off the track, you could get her back up. You could help her. You could say, honey, it's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. Women, if you've got a good emotional relationship with your wife, don't never neglect to tell your wife you love her. What did God tell you? Amen. For God so loved the world. Amen. Boy, little John says God is love. Oh, and we, 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 let those, we let those words catch in our throat. You know it. You ever get, you know, you don't, well, I like you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, get with me on this because this is every household that I, that you, that's, that's, that's represented here today. 
They are days, amen, you listen to me. When, when, when things ain't just exactly went my way, I still love my wife, but I don't want her to know it, Brother Wesley. Amen. I want to hold out, amen, until she comes around to my point of view, amen. I still love her, but what I'm going to say is, I, I, I miss you. I'll miss you. I really like you a lot. You going to say I love you. Why? Because we're proud. It sure as women are an emotional train wreck, boy, men are proud. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're even egotistical. Yes, buddy. We are, but we want things our way. Amen. I'm hunter gatherer. Hoo, 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 hoo. These cavemen in here tonight, you listen to me. That's what we want. That's what, that's what we've been taught down through the years that a man does. I'm going to tell you this, I, I, I'm 40-some years old, and I didn't know here till just uh, after I got saved, it was all right for a man to cry. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. You know what I was told? Get up. Yeah. Yes, sir, get up. If you fall down and hurt yourself, get up. And I'm going to tell you something, that's hard to get out of. That's hard to, 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 to not instill in people. Bless God, when somebody has fallen, maybe they can't get up. Help them get back on track. Wives overlook your husbands when they don't understand all these little old... I'm telling you, man, there's some little petty differences that a man has and a woman has. And they're going to always be there. You're never, you're never going to see eye to eye on everything. I, I spend a lot of my time, and my wife will tell you this, looking for the perfect relationship. And I thought the perfect relationship would be one where we never disagreed. Any of y'all looking for that euphoria? It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It took me a long time to realize that a relationship that is perfect in the eyes of God is one that we can overlook our differences, that we can agree to disagree and not let the nucleus of the family bust apart over some little old crazy mess. Crazy mess. Answer me this when we go to our next point. Do you remember uh, uh, the last two or three fights you had with your, your, your spouse? I'm not talking about, ah, oh, get out of here. Boop, boop, boop. Some kind of little old something. Y'all split up and, and, and one went in one room, one went in the next room, and in five minutes it was better. I'm talking about one of those hurtful, one of those crying, tearful times. You know, sometimes you don't even remember what is over. Amen. We just let it get to a point in our lives where we just, we'd just just rather fight than get along. That's what Satan gives you. That's what he, that's what he instills in, in, in a prideful heart of a man or a woman. Just fight. You don't have to get along. Don't assume anything in your marriage. You listen to me. Don't assume anything. i got to... I got a friend of mine, and, 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 and I loved him dearly, and he's went on to be with the Lord. But he left one morning to go to church, and, and, he, and, he, and he, was, he was preaching in the pulpit of a church, and God called him home. He was an elderly gentleman. He was my friend. And I tell you, I went down there, and my wife heard this lady that had been married about 60 years, 60 years. You know what the first words out of her mouth was? She didn't, well, I missed him. She didn't say he's not coming back. Brother Sammy, she said, I didn't tell him bye. She said, I should have got up, and I should have told him bye. 
Do you realize that the fragility of human life is just, is just something as simple as a, as a blood clot the size of, a, of, a, of the end of a pen sticking in one of your arteries and sending you out to meet God in eternity? We, we think that we are so uh, 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 immune to things and, and that, we're, that, we're, that we're death proof and we always want to put things off, procrastinate it till tomorrow. Then you'll have to live with that for the rest of your life. I believe the Bible says that this life is but a vapor. Ladies, I want to ask you this question. And this is just honest. I'm going to start with you. If you really knew, if you could grasp the the fragility of this life and that it was just a vapor. Whew. Would some of those things your husband did, would they really just spin you up like, like they do? Or would you just say, well, honey, we may not have tomorrow. We messed this thing up. Let's just do what we can do with the rest of this day. Men, would you, would you really let all that stuff just, just get under your skin and crawl and, 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 and plumb aggravate you? And when you get aggravated, you know what happens when I get, when I get all bent up and bent out of shape and my wife gets to, gets to, gets to moving around and my wife and I, we, we try not to have any words in front of our children, amen. If we disagree, we try to do it in, a, in another space because our children don't need to see our mom and, mom and dad disagreeing. They don't need to see that because that's instilling something in them. That's instilling that, hey, somebody's always got to be right, amen. It's not about winning the fight, glory to God. It's about surviving as a married couple. It's not about winning a fight. I, yeah, I was all about winning at one time. Now I'd just soon lose. You know what? I'd just soon lose. Don't bother me a bit anymore. Just lose and go about my business. I think you need an emotional relationship. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. That's, what, that's what's stirring inside of you. You know, you know your wife loves you. Wives, you know your, your husbands love you. You know they're not your adversary. But your adversary, the devil, can sure use them against you. There's things that your spouse can cause you to do that you would never do on your own. These things that, that God has blessed you with, handmade and give you, that will cause you to do things that you would never, ever, ever do on your own. And most of the time, if you'd agree with me, folks, you do that out of love for them. You do that because you care for them so much, you'd be willing to transgress God even sometimes for them. Brother, that's what Adam did. you got to have an emotional relationship I believe the commandment that, that God give Moses was, was or uh, God give Adam was to go and be fruitful and multiply. Hebrews 13 and 4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. I'm going to give you this, folks, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm in your Bible, and I'm going to the house. I'm in your Bible. This is about marriage. This is about something that will keep you out of trouble. 1 Corinthians 7, 5 says, Defraud you not one another except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontentency. Defraud is deprived or withheld by fraud. Incontentency is the want of self-restraint. Man was not made to be alone and woman was not made to be alone. As sure as there's an emotional relationship you have to have with your wife, there's also a physical relationship that God ordained. God ordained that. And I'm not being ugly and I'm not being crude and I'm not being mean, but God ordained that. 
He said, marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled. Yeah, buddy. What happens when we get the least little speck of anything in our life? The least little all. If there's something wrong in your family or in your, in your relationship, what will it manifest itself at? It'll manifest itself in the marriage bed. It'll manifest itself there. Why does Satan allow that manifestation to be in the physical point of contact for a man and a woman? Why would he allow... I mean, uh, uh, why, why is that the part that, that he wants to get to the most? Because, folks, I'm telling you, as sure as there's an emotional relationship between a man and a woman, there's a physical relationship between a husband and a wife. In verse number 4, light was good. In verse number 10, the sea and the land was good. Verse number 12, the herbs, the trees, the grass was good. Verse number 18, day and night was good. Verse number 21, sea creatures and, and weaned fowl was good. Verse number 35, cattle and beasts were good. And then you get to verse number 31, and it said, God saw that man was alone, and it was not good. The first thing in creation that God saw that wasn't good it's for a man to be left alone. Yeah, Brother West, that's what this Bible says. That's what this Bible says. So he made a helpmeet. That was a helpmeet in every facet of life that Adam needed a helpmeet with. That was a helpmeet out in the out in the field. That was a helpmeet singing. That was a helpmeet washing dishes. That was a helpmeet doing anything that needed to be done around there. And it was also a helpmeet in a marriage physical relationship. That's what he ordained. That's what he did. What's the big deal about a physical relationship? Satan's out to divide and conquer you, folks. He ain't out to pull you together. He's out to drive a wedge between you and your spouse. I said this this morning, but the first thing that God tried to fix was the fact that a man was alone. Everything else he had done up to that point was good. And, 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 and he said it was good. And then all of a sudden he said that this man's alone. He's seen all these creatures come before him. He, he saw all these uh, creatures, each one with a, with a, with a spouse or with a, with, a, with, a, with a significant other there as they came before him. The, 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 the winged fowls all had a, all had a spouse. They all had, they all had some way to replenish. And there was that old man. He didn't have anything. God said, this ain't good. I got to get somebody down there. And he gave him a woman. Now to me, folks, you can, get, you can get whatever you want to out of this tonight, but to me the greatest blessing outside of salvation that God can give a man is a, is a wonderful Christian wife. Yeah, buddy. Miss Nita, I stand here before you today, and I'll tell you right now, I, I, my wife could go to the go to the beach with with, with all them old uh, hunky models out of some of them old uh, books that they send to the house, and they got all them all them men that ain't never had an ounce of fat on them there posing, pulling all them all them shirts and all that stuff. Ain't, boy, I'm gonna tell you that don't interest my wife. That don't interest my wife. She ain't a bit interested in that. I, I, I'm confident that I don't have that to worry about. I'm telling you something else. I'm confident. I'm confident that my wife's not out trying to tear down my ministry. You listen to me, women and men. There are specific people on this planet that your spouse may be the very one that God in His divine wisdom has, has anointed and put in place to be a help to somebody. 
and you go to blabbering and tearing down their testimony and tearing down what they can do for God, and boy, you're tearing down more than just your spouse. You're tearing down the work of a just and a holy God. What will happen at my house, I do my best to keep it at my house. I dare say I don't know your pastor's not here, but I don't have to tell you this. I don't have to ask him. I know without a shadow of a doubt that your pastor and his wife have disagreements. I know without a shadow of a doubt they do. I know without a shadow of a doubt you probably don't know about one of them. You might. You might. But I doubt, I doubt very many of you know about one of them. Why? Because there's a ministry going on here. There's something here going on that's so much bigger than what one could try to do to tire down the other one that you might as well just say, let this thing go and let's go on for the glory of God. Amen. We won't do that a lot of times, though. If you went in Galatians 5 and 19, I'm going to give you just a few more things. I said I was going to go home, but I believe I'll just finish this. Since we done got it started, ain't no use to stop now. Like I said, I understand this ain't really as popular as some other messages that God's let me preach here. But Galatians 5, if you'll go there and you'll, you'll read that first, that 19th verse, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And it says, Which are these? What's that first one? Adultery. And that next one's fornication. Boy, those next ones are those lustly flesh that a man and a woman, hey, you listen to me. That, that, that's, that's part of what you are. That's part of what you are. That, that, that lust and that, 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 that wanting to, 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 to have the feel of being wanted, boy, that'll drive you. And that'll stir you. And that'll move you into just craziness sometimes, folks. But Satan knows that the number one work of the flesh that God's Word says was adultery. How does he get a married man and woman into the state of committing adultery? How does he do that? Well, the first thing you'd have to do probably is wedge into their emotional life. Because I'm going to tell you this, whether or not y'all believe this or not, I think that the majority of the women had rather have a, a tremendous emotional uh, uh, relationship and, and, and have, that kind of, have that kind of emotional stability. I believe the majority of the women had rather have that than the physical part of a marriage. I believe that. I believe that women had rather have that part. I believe that men are the opposite. I believe that men sometimes go ahead with the, with the, with the emotional part of it, but they are geared more towards the physical side of a marriage. And I believe it's Satan can't wedge into the emotional side of a relationship. I believe he'll wedge right in the middle of the physical. And I believe he'll drive right down through the middle of the marriage bed. He'll get some old kind of cockamamie, harebrained idea in your mind. And you'll lay there and, 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 and you'll absolutely turn a cold shoulder. You don't want to talk. You don't want to do anything. Just roll over and go to bed. Now that's not popular, but it's the truth. Luke 16 and 18 says, Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her that is put away committeth adultery. Why is Satan so, so bent and so, so wanting on getting people into the act of adultery? Getting people into the act of a physical relationship with somebody other than their spouse. Why does he want to do that? What is that? Proverbs 6 and 33, I believe it is, says that is a mark, a dishonor, and a reproach. That cannot be marked away. 
He wants to mark you. He wants you to have something on you. He wants to slice you and bash you and put something on you. That's why he wants to drive a wedge in your relationship, folks. He's not, he's not got a personal vendetta against you. But he knows already that 50% of the marriages that take place on this planet. Well, let me back up. In the United States, I believe was where I, where I saw this. They're getting a divorce already. They're already in a divorce. He's driving wedges, folks. He's been doing it from, from, from the garden, and don't think he ain't doing it now. You got an emotional relationship. You got a physical relationship. What's the most important part of your, you and your spouse's relationship? I believe it's a spiritual relationship. I believe if you've got a right relationship with God and both of you understand this book and both of you are trying to live for God and both of you are trying to do that that, that God has ordained for a man and a woman to do, I believe some of this other stuff will take care of itself to a certain extent. But I still believe Satan can drive a wedge in there. I believe if you start right, First Corinthians 6 and 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? I want to tell you something, folks. If we start wrong, it, you can't take two wrongs and make a right out of it. I don't care. I, I don't care how you start about it. I don't care what it does. My wife and I were both lost when we got married. God's made that right. I guess I, it was two wrongs, wasn't it? I, maybe I just told a lie. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I can tell you this, when my wife got saved, there was something happened at our house. There was something happened at our house. There was a difference in the way we looked at things. I was looking at things through a set of scales. And my wife was looking at things through eyes that God had gave her. And if you don't think that won't drive a wedge in the relationship, my soul, folks, you should have been at my house. Amen. You should have been at my house and walking in these shoes and living and, and, and living with somebody that, that had been saved by the grace of God. But I'm going to tell you what, another thing was, she had never seen anybody get saved. She was raised Catholic. She had never seen anybody get saved. But when the time come, glory to God, not only did God know what to do, she knew what to do. If I can just get there, God did the rest. But see, we became unequally yoked. And I can tell you right now, this was after we'd been married for a while. It's different. It's different. Very different. So mamas and daddies, when them little old boys and them little old girls come swooning around the house, I want to take you, your daughters out and wanting to date you, wanting to date your boys, you better pick carefully. You better pick carefully. You better pray about that thing. And you better make for sure. They don't get started out unequally yoked. Because if it starts bad, I, I, it, 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 it can finish good. But I'll tell you what, odds ain't in your favor. I believe we need a chain of command. God to the church and the pastor, down to the husband, down to the woman, down to the children. I'm going to say that again so you can understand this. And ladies, I'll clarify this for you just in a minute. I'll clarify this for you. Don't you, don't you, don't you think for one instant I'm trying to be chauvinistic, but I'm telling you why I believe this. 
I think it's got to be God down to the pastor of the church and local assembly preaching to the men, the men leading their wives, and then the children in line behind the mother following the father that's following his pastor that's following God. I believe that. I believe that if your marriage gets started off right, I believe that will help it stay right. The reason I say this, Brother Wesley, is this. It took me a long time to understand this. But my wife, will, even though she can do a wonderful job at running my house, let me back up here and say this, fellas, because they might none of y'all ever agree to this, but I can tell you, sometimes my wife runs this house. Amen. She pays the bills. And she goes ahead and does things. She makes decisions. And, and I trust her. She is very competent in doing those things. But what if she makes a mistake while she's doing that? Then that's on my head. Because God ordained me to be the head of the house. Not that I'm any better than a woman, but I want to make sure this thing's done as close as it can be to right because I'm going to have to answer for it. I, my wife is not going to have to stand and give, a, give an account of the things that, that's done in my house because it's not her responsibility to start with. It is mine. But the reason that we don't want to do that, fellas, is because we don't want to assume the responsibility of running a house. We had rather leave it to our spouse. We had rather just, Brother Wesley, I don't know how you operate, but I'll tell you right now, I have thrown my wife to the dogs before uh, running a household and went on and did some other kind of thing. I have done that. I don't know if you ever do it or not, but I stand here before you today and tell you that I have done that. And God told me, boy, you better get back and check that thing out. Because I'm going to ask you about it one day. I'm going to ask you about it one day. And you better make sure that it's done right. Ladies, if the husband is going to have the responsibility of running the house, he's got to have the authority to carry that job out. You cannot have responsibility without having the authority to finish the job. Now that makes people mad as all bejeebies to think that somebody's going to have authority over them. But my soul, has God not got authority over you? Have you never succumbed to authority before? Have you never submitted to authority before? Yeah. If you have, then you'll have no problem submitting to the authority and the chain of command that this Bible set up. Last but not least, if it'll start right... I believe it'll stay right, and I think it'll end right. We ain't shouted the roof off tonight, folks, but I've told you the truth. There's somebody in this building that needs to know that Satan's trying to get your relationship. There's somebody in this building, I believe with all my heart and soul, maybe more than one couple in this building that's fighting tooth and nail to keep a relationship together. And I'm going to tell you this, keep on a fighting, it's well worth it. I'm going to tell you this, keep on a scratching, keep on a clawing, keep on a digging, throw everything you've got in this thing and go together at it for the glory of God and the betterment of His kingdom because Satan had rather tired out of marriage than any other thing I believe that he does. I believe that. Don't let him tell you that it ain't worth it. Don't let him tell you that they don't even love you. Don't let him say, bless God, that nobody cares about you. Because I'm going to tell you what. There's a little old boy over across the mountain that prayed. And God said, go down there and tell them to fight and scratch and claw and keep their marriage in the sanctity of that thing holy and make for sure that Satan don't get them. I'm on your side, folks.
Let's go to Mark. Well, I'm going to Mark. You, you can stay where you at if you want to. The Bible says in Mark 12, I'm going to read about the 18th verse. I believe if it starts right, I believe we'll keep our chain of command in order it'll stay right. If it stays right, it'll end right. What's the end of a perfect relationship? Now, I, don't, I don't know what y'all got pictured to how your relationship to end. I have no idea. But I've got, boy, I, and, 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 and I, I, may, I may be speaking out of turn. I don't know. God may take me out of here on, on the way home, and, and, and it may be some kind of bloody, gory crash. But don't you just look at that car and think, oh, my soul, poor Clayton. I'll be long gone out of that thing. Brother Jesse, I'll be long gone out of that thing. But wouldn't it be wonderful if in the promise of God that 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 spouse, that husband or that wife that you spent 30, 40 years or, or 10 years or however long it is, folks, if you put your heart into it, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. It don't matter if it's just a year old or if it's 50 years old. There's a relationship there. If you're a man and a wife and you're, 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 you're joined together in, in matrimony before God, it is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. But I picture myself sometimes, usually the man goes first. What old Andy Griffith and that old, what's his name? Uh, uh, what old fellow sings that song, Brad Paisley? He said the man goes first because the woman ain't ready. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, 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 believe, I believe it that, that, that the majority of the time the man does go first. I, I picture myself being, being somewhere, maybe in an old hospital room, or if I can, I'd like for them to send me home, and I want, I want my family around me, surrounded by me. Now, boy, that'd just paint a pretty picture, wouldn't it? I mean, a man and, and his wife sitting there holding, holding one another's hands and, and, and all that. Well, that's well and good. Well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you the picture that the Bible gives of this. Matthew 12 and 18, Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. They ask him, saying, Master Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die and leave his wife behind him and leave no children, that his brother should take up his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, they were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died and left no seed, and the second took her and died, and neither left he any seed, and the third likewise. And the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when... They shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not know therefore error? You do not therefore err, because you know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. You see, I've got something God wants back. <laughs> I've got something God one day is going to take back. And He's going to say, I, I, I don't know what when my, my spouse will leave here, but I believe this. And I believe that God's going to say to me or her one, He's going to say, Jesse, I, 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 I think 
Clayton's done all he can do for this woman and let me have her now. I'm taking her back. Amen. He, he, she's been his for a while. I made her especially for him. I, I gave her to, to him and he's did the best he could by her. But now let me have her back. He, he's done with her. I want her back now. You've got something God wants back. Ain't that precious to you? If God wants it back, shouldn't we really try to hold on to it? If God wants it back, if God's going to take it right out of your very hand when you're done with it, take your spouse back. Going to be a spouse to the Son of God for forever and ever and ever and ever. He wants her back. He wants her back. Men take care of them. Take care of them, men. The Bible says that Christ give His life for the church. So should we. Do so to our, likewise to our wives. My last thing tonight's this. Don't get disheartened, folks. Don't be disappointed. Don't you dare quit. God's give you the ability to scratch, claw, I mean, whatever it takes, you fight to your last breath to keep the sanctity of your marriage holy. You fight with everything you've got in your body to make sure your spouse has that that they need. I'm telling you, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have. You're going to be disappointed. My wife may very well be disappointed in me right here this very moment. But what I'm going to tell you is, I love you. I love you. When's the last time you look? I'm not talking about when you're running out the door and you do that that tenth of a second kiss and you say, love you, bye. I'm talking about you look right in her eyes. If I ask most of the men in this building what color their wife's eyes are, could you tell me? That's, I'm asking you an honest question. This is somebody that you've been joined to and you, you've lived with and you've shared things with and you, you've been in a marriage bed with and you've raised children with and you've been through battles with. I believe the majority of the men, Bob, in this building, maybe half of them, I'd say, could tell what color their wife's eyes are. But I'm going to tell you this. I know that my wife's eyes change color sometimes. I know that sometimes they're a... They're a, they're a greenish color, and sometimes they're like a like a light brown, hazel looking. And I know, Brother Jesse, that sometimes we'll go down the road, and I'll be madder than a bull, and I'll be all festered up, and I'll be over there pouting, and we'll turn the curve, brother, and I'll look over there, and my wife will just be staring out the window, and that light will come in the side of that window, It'll come through and it'll light up her eyes. And I'll see how beautiful and green her eyes are. And boy, it'll stir something inside of me. It'll make all that anger and all that animosity and all those feelings that I had just go away. Boy, I'm telling you, boy, look your wife in the eye. Wives, look your husbands in the eye. Don't ever take for granted you'll get another chance to because I'm telling you what, we've been a nation of people that's took too much for granted already. We've took for granted the love of God. We've took for granted the salvation of God. We've took for granted the onslaught that Satan has been uh, putting on America uh, through uh, religious wars and through uh, wars on a family. We've took so much for granted. Surely, men and women, we can just not 
take one person for granted. Is that too much to ask? If you'll study your Bible, you'll know that Eve ate that fruit and brought it back to Adam. I read so many of these great theologians and they all say that that, 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 that their eyes wasn't open until they got back. And I read that in the Bible, but it says their eyes were open. I believe, I believe Eve's eyes were already open when she came back. And you say, well, boy, you're disagreeing with everything that, that I've been taught. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's the way I see it. Because I see over there in 1 Timothy, said, for, for, the, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. I'd like to love my wife like Adam loved Eve. I'd like to I'd like to have the, the, the love in, in 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 my heart that Adam had in his heart for his wife. Because that's a picture in the top of the Christ of Calvary. Because he brought that apple, that, that fruit back, everybody says the apple don't what it was, it was fruit. She carried that thing back and God, God knew that Adam wasn't going to eat that thing on his own. And Satan knew Adam wasn't going to eat that thing on his own. But brother, he had something that he wanted to go with. He had something that he was going to follow into the jaws of death. He had something that he was not going to be separated from. It didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what it cost him. Uh, glory to God, you want to talk about loving your wife? I'm talking about a man that seen death in her eyes. I believe that I'm not the only man on this planet that ever knew the color of his wife's eyes. I believe when Adam looked in Eve's eyes that he saw those things begin to grow dim and I believe he saw sin beginning to creep in on her and he said honey I love you so much I'm going with you you want to be able to forgive your spouse you want to be able to forgive yourself you want to be able to forgive the people around you that's caused you great pain and great 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 hurt I'll tell you how that's possible. I had a God in heaven one day that saw death in my eye. Sure as I know what color my wife's eyes is. I believe God the Father knows what color mine is. Brother Wesley, that may not excite nobody else in this house, but I'm so tickled that God knows me. I'm so tickled that God knows who I am. I'm so tickled that God give me a family and a wife. He give me a little church to pastor. Glory to God, I'm going to fight for it all. Amen. Not because I, I think that I've got a right to, but it's because something God's given me, and I'm not going to let Satan have the enjoyment of getting anything. And I believe as he saw me dying at Cane Creek Baptist Church one day, Brother Wesley. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. I believe he said, I'll go with him. Woo! Glory! I believe he said, I'll go with him, Father. I'll go. That's the kind of love Adam had for his wife. He was going to go. He was going to be there. He was going to look in her eyes. See, it wasn't good for him to be alone. He was going to go with her. I believe that signifies Adam's forgiveness for Eve's wrong. Yes, buddy. They wasn't no big blow up, Miss Nita. 
He just did what needed to be done. Boy, me and you listen to me. We get so beat up and we get so, so high and so pumped up on ourselves sometimes because we go to work and we earn a living and we do this and we do that. We mow the grass and we have... Glory to God, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Amen. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. Adam didn't blow up and fuss and fight. He just said, honey, you're hurting and you're going to need some help. I'm going with you. Husbands, your wives, they might have they lashed out at you because they're hurting and they need some help. You willing to go with them? You willing to go with them? Wives, your husbands may have lashed out at you because they're just hurting and they don't know what to do. They're in a turmoil and their soul and their spirit. And they're, they're bound and they're wound and they don't, know what they're, they don't even know what they're doing sometimes. They just lash out. Are you willing to go with them? Stand to your feet.